Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. So uh, so did the, uh, did the hurricane dump a lot of rain on you, or did it kind of miss you like it missed a lot of folks? Um, yeah, we got some pretty heavy rain um, this past Monday, um, but nothing crazy. I think the biggest threat of rain is the next two days here, Thursday, Friday. Um, but, you know, the, the reality is, is, even even with the hurricane, it's summertime in the mountains, and these storms, you know, you never know quite where they're going to hit and how much you're going to get. So I just kind of kind of roll with the punches, and if we get wet, we get wet. But I don't see anything too uh, too uh, plan altering in the future. So I think we're going to be able to roll right through these next couple of days. Yeah, and you know, you're not a real fisherman if you can't wear your three hundred dollar rain shell at least once a season. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so what are you seeing on the water in terms of? Uh, well, I guess we can do both, really, on the trout front and you know, and on the smallmouth front. Yeah, yeah, both are both are pretty good right now. Um, I would guess we sort of hit our uh, our peak temps for the summertime. You know, sometime last week before before the rain came through. Um, so our trout streams are still fishable um but you just kind of want to pay attention to where you're fishing you know we've got three or four large you know dominant trout streams that they either start in a farming valley or they end in a farming valley um where they kind of spread out and and uh you know get hit by the sun pretty good and and uh so that that is all to say that um pay attention to the water temps most of ours in the warmest sections of river are in the high 60s right now um the closer you get to 70 the more you know sort of dangerous it becomes from a from a delayed mortality um perspective uh catching and playing trout and, and again you know even if you release them it doesn't always guarantee that they'll they'll make it long term but um for the most part we're still pretty good water temp wise but still the best fishing is is first thing in the morning you know the first three, four hours of the day, um, are pretty solid. And then in the evening too, um, and, you know, temp wise, you can totally get out of that just going higher up in elevation. I mean, I was up on a stream, um, yesterday up on one of our, you know, Highland brook trout streams and we were getting temps and like the the low, uh, sorry, not low high fifties. Um, which is pretty icy cold for, for the middle of summer. So, so, uh, that's still viable and really, um, uh, summertime fishing around here just means, um, big bushy dry flies and, and terrestrials. And, and I usually fish some sort of dropper. Um, we've been killing it on, you know, the standby, uh, green weenie lately as a dropper. And then you've got your, you know, hares ears and pheasant tails and Frenchies and that kind of thing. Um, big bushy dry flies like, like, uh, humpies and stimulators. And then, um, in some of our more, um, some of our more valley type streams where we've got more grassland habitat, you know, you can get away with fishing hoppers and then in the, in the woods, um, you know, up in the mountains and we've got more wooded riparian area, beetles and ants and that kind of thing. Um, 
all been super viable the last last couple of weeks. Um, and then on the uh, smallmouth side, you know, we're still trucking along with topwater fishing. Um, it's uh, it's been it's been pretty good lately. You know, been seeing a lot of big fish. Um, seems like numbers have been up from last year. Still had. Um, uh, I've talked about it before, but you know, the, the new river is a, is a dam controlled river. So our success, uh, some days can, can be dictated by what the water, you know, stream flow trend is, whether they've wet water out or they're, or they're cutting it down, um, up at, up in Radford. Um, so, you know, that, that can impact things, but for the most part, we've been, we've been having pretty good days and it's been been fairly consistent and we should have another you know depending on what the weather this fall does another two months of pretty solid topwater fishing so we're looking forward to that yeah absolutely and we've got a question from bice bice wanted he's got a trout question for you he wanted to know the best nymph patterns to fish for trout in warm water conditions yeah yeah boss yeah so i would say um I would say, honestly, you know, just like with smallmouth fishing, you know, in the summertime, um, you know, particularly on trout streams that are not super fertile, you know, they don't have rich water chemistry and a ton of, of you know, aquatic bug life. Um, in the summertime, most of that fish's food source is terrestrial if, if they're eating mainly bugs, you know, a, big brown trout or something like that's a little bit different but they will you know eat bugs you know terrestrial insects as well so in the summertime you know particularly july august and you know september before we get a couple of hard frosts i i'm pretty much trucking with with dry flies all day um and and then usually some sort of dropper i mean because they are oriented to the surface there's a lot of stuff falling in the water um you know, standby ants and beetles and grasshoppers and inchworms and all that kind of thing. And, and so they're, they're oriented to the surface. They're under the trees or they've got shade and cover and, and, um, they're just opportunistically feeding on, on those kinds of food sources. So any, any dry fly that's going to imitate something that is, uh, that, that is relatively abundant, like I said earlier in the, and the report, you know, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to fish a grasshopper imitation, um, you know, way up high in the mountains where you don't have a lot of grasshoppers, but something that they've seen before or see in good numbers. Um, that's, that's typically what I'm doing in the summertime. Um, and any nymph that I'm going to use is going to be some sort some form of dropper, which can be a, uh, can be a terrestrial, you know, like a green weenie, like I mentioned is a, a stimulator and a green weenie is like the most iconic, you know, summertime trout fly team that, that I, that I have down here. And the, uh, green weenie is, is looks like who knows what, but a lot of people fish it as a sunken inchworm imitation. Um, you can fish a more <laughs> realistic sunken inchworm imitation and do pretty well. Um, and then, you know, you've got sunken, ants and and uh and sometimes beetles they they can do pretty well and then other than that 
you know, I, I tend to use sort of, I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast too, um, what I classify as, as small brown things, you know, um, Frenchies, pheasant tails, hares, ears, and like 16s and 18s, um, maybe a 14. You're just, you know, again, realizing that there's not a whole lot of um, aquatic macroinvertebrates that are at sort of pivotal uh, life cycle moments in the summertime. They're, for the most part, you know, larva up underneath rocks, and they are still getting dislodged. They're still in the creek. Um, but, but, you know, so imitating those, those kinds of food sources um, can work too. But um, it's really not all that uh, – I don't overcomplicate it too much in the summertime because, one, um, the dry fly fishing is, is about as good as it'll get all year. And, and two, um, you know, a, a small, uh, small nymph that just re- imitates a lot of different things in the, in the uh, behavioral drift is, is really all you need to get it done, at least most of the places that I fish. That answers the question. Yeah, yeah I think it does. Well, listen, we uh, we love questions on the articulate fly, and if we read your question, I'll send you some articulate fly swag, and you'll get it into a drawing at the end of the season for something cool from Matt. And uh, the best way to get those questions to us, you can email them to us if you want to, um, but probably the best way is to hit us up on our Facebook or Instagram page, um, and we're pretty good about getting them into the hopper and getting them read. And uh, we've got to keep the tradition alive, Matt. Uh, what are you writing this week for the Rural Virginian? Um, well, the, the, um, article I'm writing this week, which, which won't come out till next week, um, is it's sort of a, I guess you call it an installment of, of, uh, articles that I like to write every summer, sort of highlighting a, an important smallmouth food source and its life cycle, because I feel like they're not, uh, they're not talked about quite as much as, as, you know, mayflies and caddisflies and stoneflies and, and things that are more, trout centric but i'm gonna write um today or tomorrow uh a piece just sort of detailing the life cycle of our um annual cicadas or dog day cicadas which is you know the uh other than the blue damselflies that we have out every year you know the biggest bug that's that's relevant to smallmouth um on our mid-atlantic streams and uh They've got a pretty cool life cycle and, and it's, it's some of the best topwater smallmouth fishing that there is. And, and that'll be coming up, you know, they're singing in the trees right now and have been for a couple of weeks. And, um, the really sort of peak cicada fishing time is it'll be coming up in another three, three and a half weeks or so. So it'll be pretty, pretty, uh, relevant coming up, but the article that's coming out this week, um, is, basically uh, a story um that i have from from fishing as a kid with my brother um the moral being just to uh you know get out and explore things for yourself um and not necessarily to take everybody's word as as fact um we used to fish a fish a pond back home that everybody pretty much said uh wasn't worth fishing and didn't have didn't have fish in it and and we uh we proved them otherwise um fairly significantly so i uh that's a that's a fond memory that i've gotten and, and i i think i think that's a something important to remember because fishing is such a seasonal um and variable sport you know just like 
nature and the environment that we that we fish in. And so one person can go to a creek one day and, and have one experience and somebody else can go the next day and have a totally different one. So it's always worth putting boots on the ground and figuring stuff out on your own. Um, taking people's advice into consideration, but doing your own homework too. Yeah, absolutely. And before I let you hop, why don't you let folks know where they can find you so they can uh, help pack the back end of your guide calendar this year? Yeah, yeah. The uh, my website is is mattreillyflyfishing dot com, and my uh, my email and phone number and everything's on there. Um, so if you'd like to get on the on the river this summer and or early fall and get some smallmouth fishing in, or or capitalize on some of the great you know topwater terrestrial trout fishing we've got going on in the summertime down here, um, I'd love to hear from you. Very cool. Well, listen, folks, uh, you owe it to yourself to get out and catch a few tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Matt. Thanks, Marvin. Thanks, Marvin.